This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Jay Horowitz with the Amazing Mets Alumni Podcast. And my special guest is, is now an alumni, officially, maybe, uh, the Captain David Wright. David, do you, do you remember the first time we met? You made me do something dishonest. I never really did, did that before. It was July of 2004. I got a call from your agent, Sam Leverage, and said, could you help me sneak David into the All-Star game in Houston? He wants to get a, a glimpse of what MLB life might be like, and he wanted to speak to Scott Rowland. Do you remember that part of that? Jay, you're making it sound like we did something like illegal, like sneak me into the All-Star game. I mean, I had tickets. I played in the Futures game. But, but I, I wrote a pass out, though. I said, to David Wright, Norfolk Times. Is that why you put the hood over my face and made me kind of sneak around the... I did. Okay. Yeah, no, I, 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 I remember it like it was I wrote there. David Wright, Norfolk Times. Yes. But I never done that before, so it was kind of hard for me to yeah, do so that. It was, uh, it was uh, do you remember what you and Scott talked about? Yeah, it was a funny, funny story was, um, you know, my, my agents also represented Scott Rowland. That was the type of player that I wanted to be, um, you know, gold glove caliber defender, hit for average, hit for power, could run the bases. Um, you know, so it was a guy that I always looked up to, you know, and getting a chance to play in the futures game uh, a day or two earlier. Um, they said, you know, we'd like, you know, if you want to, we'd love for you to sit down with Scott. And it was um, obviously for me a, a huge deal. So, um, I mean, this is the day of the all-star game and you got me on the field, got me into the, into the, um, to the clubhouse and, you know, getting a chance to sit with him at his locker for 15 or 20 minutes, talk baseball, talk about his preparation. Um, he introduced me to some of the other guys in there. And for me, it was like, wow, this is the type of player that I want to be. This is the type of person I want to be. I want to be in this atmosphere of the best players in the world. And, uh, you know, pretty special day for me. David, so a lot of stuff is new going on with you. Uh, You have a a book coming out in October, The Captain, written by good friend Tony DiComo. It's on sale on Amazon and Barnes & Nobles. Did you ever think you would write a book, or what made made you really decide to do something? Hey, Tony's a good guy, really well-respected guy in the business. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, you also have a book coming out, so you know maybe uh, you can sign a copy for me. I, if you um, sign your copy, I'll sign one for you. You want me to sign one for me? There we go. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it, it was something where I never thought about it, and you know, Anthony DeComo, um, you know, one of our beat guys for MLB.com, approached me um, shortly after my final game and said he would like to to do a book, and he said, "What level of involvement would you like?" And I had never really thought about it. So, you know, I took a couple of weeks to kind of think about it. And, and, you know, for me, um, you know, if I was going to do it, um, you know, I wanted to do it the right way and, you know, put some time into it, um, you know, and, 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 you know, wanted something to be proud of for when my kids get older, they can kind of read back on it. Cause I know they're not going to remember some of the stuff and, um, you know, maybe they'll think, uh, you know, I was a little cooler than, you know, what they probably are going to think I am, you know, they're, they're probably going to be embarrassed of their father. Like everybody, all, you know, like I was of my parents and, 
you know, hopefully brings this brings my cool factor up a couple notches. And next month, Dave, you have a really good thing coming up too. Uh, uh, you'll be inducted to the Virginia Hall of Fame with um, Al Toon, former Jet player, and Mike Cubbage, uh, a former Met manager and, and player, and a big star in Virginia. Got to be pretty cool for you to be inducted to the statewide you know, Hall of Fame. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's you know one of those things where you know as a kid, you know, playing baseball in my backyard with my grandfather and my father. You know, never in my wildest dreams would I ever thought I'd get a chance to put a major league uniform on, get a chance to play in a World Series. You know, that was always, you know, sitting in my backyard, you know, my dad throwing me wiffle balls saying, okay, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, World Series game seven, here comes the pitch, you know, whack. And, you know, get a chance to actually live out these dreams. And, you know, now obviously being, you know, inducted into the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, um, you know, very cool honor and, and something that, you know, obviously is, is humbling, you know, but very cool at the same moment where there's been some pretty, pretty great athletes coming from the state to be amongst them. It'll be a special day for me. David, I know you, I know Jacob is there with you, but you've tried to, I remember the, the conversations you would have with him in the locker room, you know, with some of the younger guys your, your last couple of years. And, you know, my last year or two, he really took up your mantle of being accountable and being great with the media, never running. Do you remember some of the things you try to tell him, or and not just him, some of the other younger guys your last couple of years there? Well, once once he heard that you were on the other end of this phone call, he ran the other way because he thought that you were going to have him do some sort of media thing. <laughs> so um, <laughs> he 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 hears Jay Horowitz and he runs the other way. Well, a lot of people have that effect. I have an effect on people. You wanted me to. He, He's smiling, and um, you know he—he certainly—he uh, loves you. So, uh, you know, I think Jake's one of those guys where, you know, you—you you see at a relatively young age in this game, who are the guys that kind of get it, and who are the guys that sometimes don't get it. Um, and Jake was one of the guys early on that you could tell he gets it. You know, he—he's um, accountable. Um, he'll be the first one to tell you, even the year that we couldn't score any runs for him, and and he couldn't, you know, he pitched you know, his butt off and, and couldn't get any wins that he always kind of blamed himself and was accountable saying, look, if I don't give up runs, we can't lose. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to see it's refreshing, um, you know, having been around the younger players and, and how he handles his business, the way he leads, it's tough for a, a starting pitcher to be considered kind of a team leader because they, they pitch every fifth day, but, but he has what it takes. Um, and certainly has the credentials now uh, to, to, to be a leader on this team, and I think he takes that seriously. So I'm glad they found a way to uh, to lock him up because it's uh, not only is it fun to watch every fifth day, but you know the intangibles that he brings that he brings to the table is uh, pretty special. Yeah, he really does get it a lot of all the ways. Dave, this year uh, Eli retired, uh, and when he, when you left the game, um, he did a video for you, and now you did a video for him. I mean, to me, you were a lot of a lot of like you two guys. You both were really better people than players, and did the community aspect. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I know you're a giant fan too. Do you do the video for him, and he did one for you? It's a pretty good connection for you, huh? You know, the times that I've been around him, you know, just a certainly a, a special person. You know, like you said, it's I tend to enjoy being around the athletes that are good people, good humanitarians, people that do stuff in the community. And he, and he certainly fits that bill along with, um, you know, winning Super Bowls, which uh, obviously is a good thing for both uh, me and you being yes. Giants fans. Yes. But, um, you know, he's the type of guy that, and I told him this, that young athletes 
should aspire to be, you know, whether it's football or baseball or basketball or, you know, whatever, not even sports, you know, he's the true definition, I think, of a, of a role model, you know, and a guy that kids should look up to and try to emulate. And, um, you know, just a, a special person, a special player. And the game's going to miss him because, you know, when guys like that retire, um, it's tough to fill those types of shoes. Uh, Dave, what kind of an influence did Cliff Floyd and, and Joe McEwing have on you in the beginning? You know, I mean, I know they kind of looked after you and tried to give you some advice. I mean, you know, um, I know you're still friendly with both of them. But what, kind, what kind of advice did they have? Did they give you in the beginning? I mean, those two guys, I mean, I, I got, I was very fortunate. You know, I got called up into a very veteran group. And I think that that really was a game changer for me. And you mentioned two of the guys that were obviously more, but, you know, Cliffy, Joe McEwing, they taught me not only things to do on the baseball field, but how to handle yourself away from the field, how to manage your time, how to act like a professional, how to, they helped me learn how to deal with the media. I mean, it was little things that often can be overlooked, but made me feel very comfortable at a relatively young age. You know, I came up, Ty Wigginton was the third baseman. He was having a good year. Rightfully so. He was unhappy that, you know, after playing well, that he was going to have to change positions and kind of, you know, do some other things. And, and he was very helpful. You know, that could have been an uncomfortable situation for me, but he was the first one to come grab me say, hey, you're going to be my throwing partner, you know, and really welcome me and, and, and Joe and Cliffy the same thing. It's very overwhelming as a young player to walk in and see some future Hall of Famers, some perennial all-stars in that clubhouse. You know, you kind of, you know, the reaction could be you kind of go in your shell and get a little nervous or intimidated. And those guys welcomed me with open arms. And I think that that helped my game on the field because they were so welcoming. I felt comfortable and could perform at a higher level on the field. Can, can I be like a little negative for once right now? And I, mean, I hate to bring this up, but it's probably my fault because I wasn't really smart. But you played the same practical joke on me about 20 times and I fell for it <laughs> every time. My eyes are not great. I admit that. I used to leave my binoculars in the locker room. And when I got up to the locker room, uh, I, I, you, you, someone, I'm not blaming you, but you maybe you were involved, put eye black on my, on my, my eyes. I would go up to the, I looked like I got into a fight. I had rings around my eyes. I looked like the dog Petey from the Little Rascals. And he did it once, twice, probably 20 or 25 times, and I fell for it every time. It's probably my fault more than your fault, but I just, you know, felt I had to bring that up. Is that fair? Jay, it's it's my way of showing you affection. I, you know, I know like after some big wins, I'd come on and give you a big smooch on the forehead. You know, and, and you were always probably one of the first people that I saw when I yeah. walked in the clubhouse, kind of started my day. You were one of the last people I saw when I left. And you were the kind of first one there to shake hands after a big win or uh, give me a pat on the butt after a tough loss. But, um, you know, that, that was our way. And, and it was taught to me by kind of Johnny Franco and yeah. some of those guys that came before me that yes. – that, um, you know, that, that, you know, some of these jokes, so I don't want to take credit for all of them, but the eye black thing was pretty good because your binoculars were black. Okay. I used to wear eye black on day games. So all you had to do was really take a little bit on your finger, rub it around the rim of the binoculars and, you know, then <laughs> hope that we won the game because it's a little more fun. I hear you. After the game, if we win and have you walk around with the black eyes. I, and if we I'm lose. very but, gullible. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it, I was, I was, I was, Taught, I was handed the baton by guys like Johnny Franco that I had to keep the tradition going. You carry well. On a serious note, how tough were the years from you from from 15 to 18, you know, with, with the neck and the, and the shoulder? And what made you kept going during that time period? You know, for me, it was just I think every athlete wants to kind of write their own final chapter. 
you know, and I was no different. I never thought that, you know, when I was younger, I was relatively injury free. Um, and then all of a sudden this barrage of, you know, neck, back, shoulder, you know, it felt like one surgery after another. And I was determined and did everything that I could. And I think that's why, you know, maybe I'm not as bitter or as, you know, have these, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done it. Cause I, I turned over every, you know, opportunity to, to try to get better, to rehab. I, I, I did everything I could, you know, to get back on that field and just physically I couldn't do it. But, you know, I didn't get a chance to write that final chapter the way that I would have liked. But to have that send off that that one game, it, it really meant the world to me. The the fans, um, the organization, you know, my family, I got a chance to say thank you. I really wanted the opportunity to say thank you to the organization, to the fans for supporting me for those 15 years. And to have that kind of that one night, as much as I don't like being the center of attention, it was great to be able to, you know, almost, you know, say thank you, um, you know, for having my back for, um, you know, developing a 21 year old kid into a, you know, whatever, a 36 year old, uh, you know, old man. So, um, you know, it, it was a special night for me. And, and although it wasn't the way that I would have liked to, to end things, um, you know, I'll forever remember and be grateful for that night. The one guy who didn't cooperate was Pete O'Brien, right? <laughs> I mean, poor guy. I mean, he's just trying to go out there and make the play, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, um, you know, it's funny. He, he, um, he asked after the game, if I could sign something for the next day, if I could sign something for him, you know, and I put, uh, you know, I put his name and I put, um, you know, the fans were right. You should have let it drop, you know, <laughs> David, Wright, And he got a bit, he got a big kick out of that. And that's, uh, you know, he, he, I, I wish I had done a little more. I would have liked to have, you know, gone out with a hit or, you know, something like that. But, um, you know, it was a uh, – I'll always look back on that. It puts a smile on my face. Tim, now you're coaching your, your daughter's t-ball teams? Yeah, it's uh, it's three-and-a-half-year-old co-ed t-ball. It's like herding cats. And you have cats, so you know what it's like to try <laughs> to get them cats. all in I one do. place at the same time. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, I'm, I'm coaching. We had, we had our parade and, uh, team pictures. And that was a challenge trying to get every kid to, you know, pose and do the team picture and sit still for long enough. But, you know, we're, we're about a week into the season now, about two weeks into the season, every kid now knows which hand the glove goes on. Everybody knows where first, second, third base and, and home plate are. We're, we're, we're getting there. Now we just, uh, you know, my, my patience level, it's, 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 it's teaching me more patience because, um, you know, it, it, it's pretty funny um, that the first game, uh, I don't know if we have time for a quick story, but I'll give you a quick story. Go ahead. First game is I get there early because I don't know if I have to put the bases in or if I, we're the home team. So I didn't know if like I had to do the field or anything. So I get there early, you know, I, uh, the coach um, from the other team comes over, says hello uh, she says, you know, my husband's running a charity 5K, so I'm going to coach the team today. I said, oh, great. You know, um, have you done the Little League thing before? She goes, like, I, I had six sons, played Little League, uh, so I know the ropes. I said, great, I'm going to follow your lead. Just, you know, don't let me embarrass myself. She goes, okay, great. She goes, and my husband um, was a really good baseball player. I was like, awesome, yes. He, she goes, he played in college. I said, that's excellent. You know, I'm definitely going to follow your lead. She goes, did you play? And I said, I, I just dabbled a little bit, so I'm going to follow your lead. And, you know, so fortunately, fortunately, I had her there 
to, you know, kind of not let me embarrass myself because there's some specific rules for T-ball that I had no idea about. And, uh, you know, she kind of led the way. Both teams played well, and it was a fun experience. David, last year you work with Brody now as a senior advisor. I know he listens to you a lot. You have some input. Is that something you might want to do later on in your career when kids get older? Or is it, do you have enough just to keep your hand in now? Um, you know what? I'm not sure. You know, I, I enjoy kind of doing what I'm doing now. Um, I get a chance to be around the guys, you know, a lot of which I'm still extremely close with. You mentioned Jake, you know, probably one of my best friends. Um, you know, I get a chance to be around baseball, which I love and I miss. But I like doing it from an arm's length. Um, I really love being around my family, you know, spending time with them. So kind of doing this part-time thing where, you know, I went to the winter meetings for a couple of days, come down here to spring training for about a week. I'll probably go to New York a couple times over the summer. Uh, so getting a chance to talk baseball, like this morning I met with the minor leaguers and talked to the minor league hitting coaches. And just talking baseball gets those juices flowing again. I get excited and, you know, really enjoy those conversations and being around the guys and being around the game. You know, so it kind of scratches that itch a little bit. Um, you know, just when I start really, really missing it, I get a chance to kind of come back and be around it a little bit. They've had a lot of big hits. I saw most of them, I think. But one of my favorite hits wasn't the World Series home run. It was the home run in Philadelphia when you out most of the year with spinal stenosis. And first at bat in Philly, hit a home run, uh, led us to a win. That was probably one of my – to me, t- typifies what David Wright was all about. You know, he's out for a while, come back, first at bat, home run. You remember that at bat, I hope? Which at bat? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, that's – you know, to me, that was one of the prouder times because of the work that I had put in that summer. I mean, there were so many question marks. I, even in my own head, as, as, as optimistic as I am and was, you know, once you hear, you know, kind of what you're up against and the uphill battle that you're going to be, you know, trying to beat, you start wondering yourself, like, am I ever going to make it back? Am I ever going to put the uniform on? You know, you, you start, it's these things just, inevitably start throwing through going through your head so you know to be able to come back see the team in philadelphia um we were playing well you know we had traded for kelly johnson juan uribe they were playing well over third base i did not want to be a distraction i didn't want to mess with the flow i told terry you know that same thing and he said oh no no i'm going to keep the you know we'll keep the pressure off you well this and that so the first game once you do he bats me clean up so you know i said thanks for keeping the pressure off me terry so that's clean up um, you know, we get down early and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the guy that, you know, we're winning, we're winning, we're winning. I come back and we're going to lose the first game. And it's, you know, so we get down early and I get up there in the at bat and I am just, I mean, I play my best when I'm relaxed, take a deep breath and almost like, you know, I'm playing at like 60 or 70%. And I mean, I could just feel like intense and excited and the blood's flowing and I'm super excited and I never play well when I'm doing, when I'm, when I feel like that. And, you know, I said, I have to take a first pitch because if I don't, you know, I'm going to swing and corkscrew myself into the ground. So I took a pitch and I'm like, all right, so I timed that a little bit. And then the next pitch, uh, or not the next pitch, but um, end up getting a good pitch to hit later in the bat, you know, hit the home run. And it was just the the, the emotions and the, the the thoughts that were going through my head while circling the bases. Mets fans were there in full force. They were standing up. I was so excited. I was taking people's hands off in the dugout with high fives. Um, you know, it was a special moment yeah. for me because it felt like a, a very a big personal victory. Well, listen, I appreciate the time, and most of all, I appreciate our friendship through the years. 
and I look forward to seeing you soon. Jay, you're the best. I can't believe you waited this long to ask me to do this. <laughs> this was, is right up there with playing in the World Series as an honor in my career. And uh, <laughs> you're the best, buddy. Uh, yeah, missing around you tell, all the time. And I'll, I'll me too. I tell Molly a, a said hello, please. All right, buddy. Thanks, bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.